0: Well, there is a bit more positivity in the markets today, certainly since yesterday morning, because Russia hasn't invaded Ukraine, and talks continue, but it's not over till it's over. Still, markets' main focus is back onto inflation, and we have lots of that today. US PPI numbers from yesterday, UK jobs numbers showed wage pressures as well, and today loads more inflation and producer prices for many parts of the world, and we've got two people from the RBA in front of the Senate tonight as well. It's Wednesday, 16 of February 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar is down 0.4% this morning with bond yields up. Ten-year treasuries are up six basis points to 2.06%. Strong growth in equities. The Nasdaq finished up over 2.5%, 1.5% for the S&P 500 and 1.2% for the Dow. In Europe, the euro is up almost half a percent The pound is up a little too. We've got small movements in bond yields and big rises in shares, almost 2% for the DAX and 1% for the FTSE 100. And the Aussie dollar up about a third of 1%, along with The Kiwi dollar and oil settling back down again. WTI losing 3.7 percent. Brent down 3.4 percent, but staying above $93. So clearly much of this relates to a calming down of the situation in the Ukraine. Rodrigo Cutril is with me. That's presumably what's helped the euro today. And that's pushed the US dollar down a bit. I mean, Vladimir Putin is looking for a diplomatic solution. And he's pulled back some of his troops from the border. And the markets are a bit calmer.
1: Yes, certainly. But there's still sort of this um, confluence of, you know, rumors and and comments that negate what what we're saying. For instance, NATO has confirmed that they haven't seen any evidence of troops withdrawal. Um, Also, you know, Putin, when he was speaking after uh, that four hour meeting with the German chancellor, um, he again reiterated that he was concerned that Russia's basic security concerns have not been addressed um, in particular, this issue about the Ukraine joining NATO. Uh, and of course, the Germans have replied saying, well, this, this is not even on the table. Uh, you know, it's not something that Ukraine is expected to do this year. In fact, it's, it's something potentially in five years down the line. Uh, but of course, Putin wants a more concrete, um, uh, if you like, uh, security or confirmation that, uh, Ukraine will not be joining and, uh, and that's where this this seems to be a, quite a big sticking point. Um, yeah.
0: So- well, if it go but if it goes, if it's a sticking point, it goes on for a long time, and it doesn't involve war. Then that's that's you know, if it's a stalemate that just gets talked about, one of those things that goes in the background for years, we can cope with that. But you got you got Boris Johnson today uh, saying that you know the signs that uh, the Russians are building field hospitals as though they are preparing for war. Uh, he said today, you know, we've got a tough package of sanctions ready if Russia chooses war. Well, you know, we, as we've said before. On, on this podcast, if they introduce sanctions, it's not just Russia that's going to pay for it. Uh, Europe's going to pay for it as well.
1: Definitely, no. Uh, this is a high stake game. Uh, and, you know, everybody will will pay a high price, including Russia, uh, for for doing this. Um, and and even there's that that even over all of that, you know, the, there's the big question as to you know the guarantees that the US, for instance, has for for Europe and so on in terms of protection will come into the, into the fore. If they don't then many many think that there, there will be sort of a, a nice incentive for, for China, for instance, to start considering taking Taiwan um, without the, the, you know, the, the risk that the, the, the U.S. will respond to it. So this has, mm. this has many layers in terms of political and geopolitical tensions. Um, and yet the
0: markets um, are behaving as though not as though it's all over, but as though it is a much better uh, situation. I mean, certainly that, that confidence we're seeing back in the equity markets and yes. the strength in the euro.
1: Yes. Um, I suppose we've we got to bear in mind that the, the market still remains volatile, but certainly overnight we've seen a sea of green. You know, the uh, equity markets in Europe are all up, uh, some of them over, over 2%. Um, and as you mentioned, the, the U.S. is also doing really well. So it's certainly taking some of the, some of that pressure. In particular, you, when you think about sort of the, the premium, the war premium, that oil prices have been carrying, uh, it's, it's, it's nice to see that oil prices have declined between 3 and 4%, but it's still elevated yeah, it's and it's still, still above $90. Yeah,
0: Exactly, well about $90. So look, when it's if it's not invasion talk, obviously it gets us back to inflation. And the US core PPI rose uh, 0.8% month on month in January, that is more than expected. Uh, 1% for the non-core figure, or if you prefer to look at the annual figure, which is huge, an increase of 9.7%, which is the highest rate ever since they started compiling these numbers in 2010. Uh, so, you know, if it wasn't for those uh, easing concerns in the Ukraine. This would have hit the equity markets today, but obviously it's been ignored.
1: Um, it has kind of been been ignored. Um, what it does kind of raise concerns is that it was a pretty punchy number. Uh, it sort of completely shot over over expectations, which were already quite punchy. The details as well uh, in terms of the numbers were kind of a broad base increase in, in in price pressures from capital equipment to you know goods and services component as well. So um, it just kind of confirms what the cpi numbers what saying that the rise in, in inflationary pressures is not over yet um uh it's still there's still the the, the suggestion and hope that uh, we are talking um that price pressures will remain elevated over the next couple of months but then there are so sort of some good signs to suggest that we should expect an ease in those pressures over the remainder of 2022 uh, but certainly over the near term it just puts more fuel to a fire that these price pressures are real, and they're not going away yeah. just yet. still a lot
0: lower than, I mean, that, that standout was the German producer prices going up 24.2% year-on-year year in December, a little bit below that, but uh, still a number to be scared of. And then we, <laughs> then we had the Empire State Manufacturing Survey. Uh, that was a bit disappointing as well. It's a, it really pointed to more supply chain delays, didn't it? New orders and shipments were holding steady, but... Uh, an increase in unfulfilled orders, delivery times lengthened, prices paid hasn't come down at all. Uh, So, you know, as you're saying, the future outlook might be better, but there's not a lot of good news right now.
1: Yeah, the the Empire State Building has been quite volatile. uh, If you recall, Mm. also in December, sorry, in January, we saw that sharp decline um, and many were wondering whether other regional surveys were going to show that and they didn't. Um, And now we're seeing sort of this big jump At least in the headline, um, which is really payback for that big decline that we had in the previous month. Uh, But as you say, the the important sort of key sub-indices like new orders and shipments only rose modestly. Mm -hmm. So, um, so for now, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not like sort of a, a great picture. Uh, but certainly, the, the rebound relative to the previous month is is a welcome is, is a welcome outcome.
0: And what about uh, the UK employment numbers? Before we get on to, to uh, today, of which there's quite a lot, uh, particularly inflation related. But let's cover off UK employment just for uh, for for reasons of uh, uh, you know of completeness in the in, in our coverage. Uh, so the February labour market report showed uh, November to January four hundred thirty six thousand. Uh, Payroll employees since uh, February 2020 have been added, but the unemployment unimp- the rate is lower, so uh, th- there are lots of people not payrolled who are not working. So that sort of suggests that the gig economy is yet to recover. So people, you know, payrolled employees are doing okay, but the gig economy isn't quite there, and job vacancies, very high, almost 1.3 million openings, but the ratio of openings to the people available is widening as well. So, you know, that, that same issue that we're seeing around the world, that there's
1: that labour tightness. Labour tightness and, and as well this issue of the, the job vacancies is really a, a global feature. Um, and, and many suggest that this is really a function of, of the inability of workers to to travel and move around. Uh, and until we see that sort of proper reopening in all nations, then we there's the hope that we will see a rebalance. So, so the job openings is, is a sort of, is reflecting the demand for labor that doesn't exist in those countries and, and therefore are likely to, to remain elevated for some time. But it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, you, you can't pay more for the worker that is not there in a sense. So, um, that, that's kind of the debate as to whether this really reflects. Uh, um you know a, a permanent increase in 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 wages for instance or pressure in wages or whether it's just something that is going to stay there until we see this rebalancing occur hopefully over the course of 2022 right
0: also average earnings including the bonus was up 4.3 uh, percent in december which is more than expected so another inflation warning and look lots of inflation numbers today we get cpi and PPI for China, and CPI for the UK and Canada. The core inflation rate in the UK actually fell month on month in in January, but uh, still 5.4% overall year on year so talk us through those numbers i mean we could be in for some surprises i guess ppi for china is going to be a concern because that's going to be showing us how it's going to push
1: through Yeah, so, so i suppose that the the china story uh, and again it's is very different to um to other inflationary stories um you know you, you mentioned ppi ppi is coming down as from from elevated levels and and again it's expected to ease again from 10.3 to nine and a half um in, in January. And, and the CPI story in the in the in China is that there's there's really no serious inflationary pressures, at least on the consumer side, and therefore this this gradual easing that we've seen uh, um, from policymakers in in China, um, is likely to continue. So inflation is not a, an impediment, if you like, for for the gradual easing that we expect to occur over the course of the year. And now when we move on to the other countries like um, uh, the UK and and Canada. Is the opposite, right? And the nature and broadness of, of those inflationary pressures are the major concern and, and the reason that fuels uh, you know, central banks a need to to lift uh, the, the cash rates as well. You, you mentioned wage pressures, which of course is a big deal in the UK. That's still very much evident and therefore uh, it plays to the view that we might still see a little bit more uh, tightening coming from the UK. Although those headwinds coming from taxes and so on uh, are still um, something to watch, and and Canada is it, it's it's only just the beginning of this this tightening cycle that is expected to to begin in March. Um, and at the moment, the, the labour market data is still very robust. And now the inflation data will add fuel to the to the need for for the Bank of Canada to to get going in terms of lifting the cash rate.
0: And industrial production numbers for the eurozone and the US as well. Uh, you'd assume they're going to be still impacted by. Higher costs and supply chain issues, although we saw a slight fall, didn't we, in the December number uh, for the United States, largely uh, manufacturing and utilities, but uh, helped by um, by mining a little bit as well.
1: Yes. Um, also worth noting with the, the industrial production data from Europe is for December, so it's still expected to be negative. Uh, whereas in, the, in 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 the US is the January number, and that is expected to again be positive. So again, the reflection that the Omicron wave has affected. Uh, activity, but not as badly as we originally expected mm. and and now we sh- we should hopefully see an improvement in in the u s as well
0: right I mean over this few months it, it really is a case of was omicron on or not wasn't it through through all of these numbers so on that u s retail sales uh, we saw a decline in December, so will they rise the question is as well if they are rising um uh, uh, you know is that because people are spending uh, and they're spending now, and uh, they'll hold off later because of inflation concerns, or is it the start of a, of a of an upward trend? I mean, you would have thought if there's inflation concerns, there'll be a bit of bringing forward on expenditure, wouldn't there?
1: Yes, I mean, I, I suppose there's also this seasonality aspect in terms of retail sales. You know, December used to be the month where everybody spent the money, and now, now you're seeing that sort of brought forward into November, and and also uh, into into the sales in in January. So so there's, it's so now mm-hmm. there, it's almost like a change in the seasonality that there's a there's a dip in in December and payback in January. So you need to sort of get through those three months uh, and and then see what happens thereafter. Uh, I suppose when we think about retail sales and the consumer in the U.S. beyond the the next month, what remains a concern is that consumer sentiment continues to decline. Uh, again, a reflection of concerns about inflation, about the outlook of the economy, and even politics. So, so maybe that plays into the cycle, and maybe we'll see. A little bit of a headwind for the consumer in in the US, which again will be evident in in retail sales. So it's
0: going to be good for the markets today, isn't it? If we see any of those uh, inflation numbers showing a, a a downward surprise, if they if they're an upward surprise, then that's just going to make the markets even more shaky. But hopefully, one or two of those numbers is enough to choose from. At least some of them might uh, might show things are easing a little bit. Look, the the Fed releases its uh, FRMC minutes uh, for from the January meeting. I think that there's been a lot of water under the bridge since then. But on central banks, Guy DeBelle from the RBA and Michelle Bullock, both in front of the Senate uh, this evening, I think. So a chance for them to uh, reinforce, perhaps, that there's going to be a rate hike this year perhaps. I mean, they obviously won't say it out, out loud. They'll give, <laughs> give us it in central bank speak, which still leaves you guessing a little bit, but they'll they'll be hinting in that direction, presumably.
1: Yes, I, I think in principle, we, we shouldn't expect anything new from them. But um, I, I suppose mm-hmm. it depends on the tone and, and the type of questions that they get, which they may give us a little bit more colour um, in terms of the conditions that they're thinking about what it will be needed for, for rate hikes this year. So, it should be interesting in, in that sense. So it's definitely, it, it, we need to look at the detail to 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 get some snippets or of, of information. And-
0: Get on the phone this morning, Rodrigo. Uh, four hundred and fifty thousand dollars—that's all it costs for a uh, Virgin Galactic flight. They're starting to sell tickets to the general public today. Uh Before it was sort of like you know you had to have a special invitation. That's this four hundred and fifty is the uh, thousand is the, the starting price. But you know what they'll do? Yeah, you know, if you if you want to stow your luggage and you know or choose your seat or have a meal, then it's going to cost even more than that. So and good luck getting through on the phone. But that that'll be exciting to see how that does today. Uh, it certainly helped the Virgin uh, uh, Galactic share price today. Uh, we'll catch you again soon nice thanks very
1: much great thanks Phil cheers
0: they're actually up 33% which is quite a lot really isn't it considering they are just doing what they said they were going to do sending people out into space that's it for this Wednesday morning I'm Phil Dobby for now back again tomorrow morning see you then